Monica Dulcio, and welcome to the podcast, Here's What I Think, a weekly podcast that covers news, politics, pop culture, updates on my life, and new recommendations regarding music, television, film, and podcasts that I think you guys should also listen to. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support. If you'd like to know how you can support me even more, please become a patron on my Patreon page. The link will be in the description of the podcast. Your support means the world to me. I really hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast. Thank you all so much for your support once again, and stay blessed. Welcome back to uh, Here's What I Think. Sorry. Welcome back to Here's What I Think. I am your one and only host, Monica Dulcio, and it has been a long week. I have uploaded no YouTube videos. I'm sorry I haven't. I've been busy with school and lots of other stuff, but I promise I will do my best to get right on that. Let's just get started with favorite people this week. So, I don't have many favorite people. Well, I do. Um, I do have some favorite people this week. The first person is Devonte Hart. Now, if you don't know who Devonte Hart is, he is this very young boy. Um, he's twelve years old, and during the Ferguson like related protests, he held up a sign that said "Free Hugs," and there's this picture of him crying and hugging a police officer, and it was really like. It was kind of, it was really sweet, you know, it was just like, the kind of thing you see is like, oh, it's adorable. And, um, I want to talk about Devontae Hart today because this little boy is missing. Apparently, um, his fam- on Monday, his family's vehicle flipped onto its roof into the Pacific Ocean at the bottom of a 100 foot cliff in a rural part of California's Mendocino County. Now, the parents are believed to be dead, and there were three kids who who were recovered outside of the vehicle, and there is Devante and his two sisters that are currently missing. So people do not know where they are right now. They believe that all the kids were in the car at the time that the car flipped over the cliff. And many search and rescue crews continue to just look on the shore and try to find out what happened. So, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say. It's a very strange case and I just saw it today on my timeline. And it's very sad that this is happening to this little boy that he's possibly missing or dead or kidnapped we don't really know what happened the offic- officials don't really know what happened to him but all they know for sh- all they know right now is that the kids are missing and it's very sad because their family is 
dead and you know I really wish these babies weren't missing but I hope that Devontae is found soon and returned back to his family that is what I am hoping for and another story I want to share with you guys is this very kind story that I saw on my timeline that I thought was very interesting and you know very important and basically the story is that the Sacramento Kings uh, want to help out the Stephen Clark family now Stephen Clark he's a black man who was shot 20 times in uh, Sacramento I'll be talking about that later throughout the podcast but uh, the Sacramento Kings announced a partnership with Black Lives Matter and other activist organizations that have led protests around the Golden One Center following the police shooting of Stephen Clark. They announced that they will set up an education fund for Clark's two young children and co-sponsor a forum in South Sacramento Friday night and work with the fledging Build Black Coalition to support the education of young people and to provide workforce preparation and economic development efforts in a multi-year effort. I think that's really great. I think it's really awesome because you don't usually see a lot of people, um, you know, you don't usually see a lot of people like step up with Black Lives Matter wanting to help people and like wanting to support the movement and it's really great that you know that they're doing this it's really awesome because there have been protests going on in front of the arena during um sacramento king games and instead of just like ignoring something that happened in the city where they play their game they decided to work with other activists to try and change these people's lives because they have been rocked with a very sad tragedy that has blown up in the public eye and you know the children must be going through a lot and to receive this kind of support from you know just like basketball players and activists as well to receive that kind of support is really wonderful and it does deeply affect their community and it's great that they want to um give money to change things you know I think that's really awesome. So yeah, that's basically it and uh, we, I will be right back with um, Here For It and Not Here For It. the segment favorite people now here's for the next segment of the podcast called here for it not here for it please enjoy hey guys so let's dive right in to here for it now there are a lot of things that are there there were a lot of stories happening this week I basically just boiled it down to three for this segment. The first story I want to talk about is, <laughs> okay, so during this week, um, Tiffany Haddish 
was interviewed by GQ and she was talking about, you know, meeting Beyonce and things like that. And I really don't know what, I really don't know what happened because when I try to find the article, I, um, I cut it. But she talked about how she was at a party and there was an actress who bit Beyonce in the face. And Beyonce couldn't believe that she was bit in the face, of course, because that's a ridiculous thing to like. <sighs> Alright. I have so much to say. First of all, who would bite Beyonce in the face? Who does this? What 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 kind of person does this? Beyonce Tiff and, and Tiffany Haddish's recollection of what happened that night. Basically, Beyonce was upset. She got angry. She pulled Jay aside. She's like, can you believe that she bit me in the face? And then Tiffany was like, oh, you want me to beat her up? And Beyonce was like, no, don't do it. It's fine. She's on drugs. Tif she's on drugs, Tiffany. She doesn't usually act like this. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And then Tiffany took a picture with Beyonce and like, basically, that's what happened that night. But who would bite Beyonce? What? Like, how do you do that? How? How dare you bite me? Like, I get that, like, if I met Beyonce, I would be pretty excited and, like, pretty shocked. And I'd probably forget, like, how to speak and my name and my birthday. I'd probably, like, burst into tears. But I wouldn't bite her. It's like, maybe she wouldn't, like, give her a kiss on the cheek and then she just, like, bit her face. She got a little too excited. Maybe that's what happened, but that's really weird. And lots of people have been speculating, like, who it was, who did it. And some people though was like um, Sana Lathan, and Sana Lathan she went on Twitter was like it wasn't me, and Chrissy Teigen was upset about it, and then she figured out who it was, but she didn't like give a name, and everyone's speculating that's like T Lena Dunham, <laughs> and Lena Dunham has said it's not her, and a lot of people think it's like Amy Schumer or possibly like Jennifer Lawrence or like someone like that, and I think it could be. Oh, it could be one of those people, perhaps, but I don't know because I'm not famous, but this is a crazy story. It's, it's completely insane. And, you know, there was a whole like Twitter moment about it and many people were like, um, many people were just like, making accusations and they're speculating and you know i'll link down below like an article from huffington post where it's like a list of actors and actresses that are just like denying the fact that they would do that they're like denying the fact that they would bite beyonce because it's it's a crazy thing to suggest that you would do like what it's insane and also, I get that like Tiffany Haddish was like happy to meet Beyonce and she was excited and anyone would be excited. Anyone would freak out. Anyone would start wiling out and like act act out of pocket if someone asked you what it was it like to meet Beyonce. Of course, you'd be like, oh my gosh, look, listen. So this is what happened. This is what she smelled like. This is what she looked like. This is what the dress she was wearing. And then she touched me and then she hugged me and she kissed me on the cheek. And when she left, oh my gosh, I felt like my soul left my body. Like it was an out of body experience. I don't think it was even real. If I didn't take the picture, 
Like, it probably didn't even happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course that's a reaction you would have to me and Beyonce. But that doesn't mean you have to, like, say every single thing that happened that night to a publication. Like, if you're giving an interview to how you met Beyonce, you can, like, fangirl a little. But you probably can't, like, spill your guts out, you know? Because to spill your guts out would probably be, like, something you would do with friends or, like, family members. You don't have to do that with, like, <clears throat> excuse me, an interview you're having with Vulture or GQ or, like, I don't know, Teen Vogue. Like, you don't just, like, oh, just, like, sit, like, oh, my gosh, girl, let me give you the tea. Let me give you the goods, the deets. Let me tell you everything that happened beginning to end, okay? Let's start with the beginning, the very beginning. I woke up that morning and I felt like it was a day, the day. That Beyonce would just see me. You know what I mean? Like you don't say that in an interview. You tell that to your mom. Before you go to sleep at night. So I think that Tiffany had to learn to like. Not overshare perhaps. And like learn to just. You know keep it. Keep it keep it back. You know to keep it together girl. Just like hold it, hold it to your heart. Because some things are meant to be private. Not everything needs to be like. Not everything needs to be public knowledge. Not everybody. I mean, like, I'm sure many people have done weird and crazy things at, um, like, Golden Globe after parties or album release parties. I'm sure that many people have done things that we don't know about at certain parties that are only for, like, Hollywood, like, A-list people. I'm sure many things have happened. Like, we don't know about it because people keep their mouth shut. They keep it in the circle. They keep it out of the news. They keep it... It's like on a need-to-know basis. You know, not everybody needs to know. It's not to trend on Twitter. It's not a big deal. You know, there's probably... there. Like, we don't need to know everything. We're just fans. We're just watching and we're just looking at people through our rose-colored glasses. So for Tiffany to, like, share this thing that happened to, like, Beyonce... It's too much. Girl, you need to like I like you need to keep it together. You're excited, you're happy, you know, you're winning. You have a new movie coming out with uh Lil Rel. Um she has a show coming out with uh uh what's his name? Tracy Thompson, I think. The black guy from Thirty Rock. Yeah. You know, you have a show, you have another movie coming out, you know, you had a great comedy special on Showtime, you're doing wonderful things, you're doing great things, but you need to just like take a breath and you need to know what you say and know what you don't say. That's it. That's all I'd say on like who bit Beyonce scandal. Um, next thing I wanted to talk about was R. Kelly. Now, so a new story was recently like, was recently published that R. Kelly trained a 14 year old girl to be his sex puppet. And I've talked about R. Kelly before and how I feel about R. Kelly has not changed. I wish he would die. I wish he had gone to jail. I wish he would be convicted of all the terrible, awful things he is doing. And I just, I hate R. Kelly so much. And the other thing I hate about R. Kelly so much is how many people still support him. Like, how many people still, like, listen to his music and jam out to him at, like, like barbecues and things like that? And how many people still go to, like, his concerts? You know, there's this movement going on. It's called You Are Kelly. And there are these women and they're trying to get, like, 
they're just trying to move forward and trying to understand why do people still support R. Kelly when he is a disgusting pedophile? He is a gross monster. He's a terrible person. Like, why would you still listen to him? Of like, this, he has this long, long, long track list of all the disgusting, awful things he has done. And yet people still listen to his music. Like, even the Pitch Perfect movie saying a uh, remix to Ignition in their movie. And, like, think about the money that, that, that money they had to pay in order to sing that song in their, like, blockbuster movie. That money went to R. Kelly. You realize that, right? Like, we need to stop. We need to stop listening to his music. We need to stop going to his concerts. We need to stop supporting him anyway. Because he is a gross, disgusting, awful man who preys on young black women. And the thing that pisses me off the most is that there are these men on Twitter who are constantly like, well, if women weren't fast, then he wouldn't be a pedophile. Well, women need to keep it in their pants. You need to stop blaming girls for the behavior of men. Because I don't know why. You will be so quick to defend a grown man who simply wants to have sex with children. What kind of adult man has that going through his mind and then everyone else is just thinking that's normal? Everyone, think, everyone else thinks that's cool. You think if women, if these young girls just stop talking to him, just stop approaching him, that he'll just stop? You don't think he just pick up another girl, take a girl, kidnap a girl? Like he's done terrible things like this before he he i don't know if this is happening but he's holding black women like captive in a house like a, it's like a sex dungeon it's like a it's like a he's he's like he's he has them he's holding them against their will and then he did that like stupid hostage video where the girl pretended like oh no we're fine we're here on our own free will we want to be with mr kelly and all that all this crap this man is a horrible human being who deserves to be in jail he should have his house burned down like fuck r kelly fuck r kelly and i hate it i hate it so much how like we've had all these people in hollywood losing their jobs having their names tarnished you know being disgraced we don't talk about them anymore we hate them and yet, y'all have forgotten Woody Allen and R. Kelly. What do we have to do to get these people, like, shunned, banned, arrested? Like, you think just because he did all these terrible things in the past, he's better now? Really? He's still a disgusting, horrible human being who preys on little girls. And also, the problem is, is that the victims are black women. Okay, and y'all don't care that much about sexual assault when it happens to black women as when it happens to white women. Because when black girls are young, they're seen as sexual deviants. When white girls are young, they're innocent and they're cute and they're pure and they're so tiny and harmless and they're fragile and they're such cute little sweet babies. And black girls are seen as these sexual piranhas that are, that can't wear shorts around certain uncles. Even though those uncles are really gross and you know those uncles are gross and you, you still invite those uncles to the cookout. No way you got young girls there. 
Hold on, I'm sorry, I'm getting a call. Okay. You have young girls who are just trying to be girls, who are just trying, who they just want to be young, they just want to live their carefree life. And they have to grow up so quickly because... You have to grow up faster, they have to mature faster, they have to be more aware of how they act and what they wear because of how men will perceive them. It's disgusting how black women are more likely to be sexually assaulted and raped and yet you don't support black women when they come forward. Like when Lupita Nyong'o came forward with her story of how Harvey Weinstein like assaulted her, not as many people were supporting her as much as they were the white actresses. It's this pattern and it's obvious, it's annoying, it's unfair, and it's absolutely ridiculous. And I'm fucking sick of it. I'm sick of R. Kelly. I'm sick of this bullshit. I am just saying that whoever has like a billion dollars and could put a hit on R. Kelly, please do it. Because I'm tired. Like, I'm so tired. Like, can you just like, just like, you know, take him out. Like, if you could, you have some time in your day, you know, wake up, <laughs> pray to Jesus, you know, eat your breakfast, and, uh, yeah, just take care of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just trying to be honest. I wish I could say more on the topic of R. Kelly, but I can't because I feel like I'm going to burst out crying or I'm going to vomit or I'm going to start screaming. I'll throw my laptop out the window. I'm going to fight someone. Like, I don't know what else I can say without getting incredibly frustrated and, like, angry. So I am just going to move on. The last thing I want to talk about is this new Roseanne reboot, which I knew about, I knew was happening. Because I am a huge fan of Megan Tonjes, and if you don't know who Megan Tonjes is, she is this wonderful YouTuber. I love her so much. She is a body positive YouTuber. She talks about like, like girl, like sex, and like how to be comfortable and how to love yourself, and just like not give a fuck about what anyone thinks. So she gives great advice, and she's amazing, and she's this beautiful, great person, and I love her dearly. She has like, is me sorry. She's inspired me so much in my life, honestly. So, yeah, I know, like, yeah, she's, like, my, one of my favorite YouTubers. But she has been talking about the Roseanne reboot for a while. And I guess she got really excited about it. She bought, like, all the episodes online and started binge-watching it. And from what she has said on her YouTube channel, because I wasn't going to rewatch all those episodes of Roseanne, because I've never actually seen the show, she's talked about how, like, Roseanne, um was a good show and she liked it. She liked how Roseanne just said what's on her mind and how like Roseanne kind of came off as like a feminist character and how Roseanne, how that show talked about like abortion and things like that. And it was a very interesting show that she really loved watching growing up with because it really represented like her and her family and how like now the show is very much different because it premiered last night, I believe, with like 18 million views. And that's a lot of people to watch that show. Like, that's ridiculous. And I guess a lot of people liked the show when it was on air. But it's been rebooted, of course, because we are now in the age of sequels and reboots. And I have to say, I hate reboots. I hate sequels. I find them annoying and stupid and 
absolutely ridiculous because reboots are lazy and people who have been in old shows I really feel like y'all should just like write new shows find new projects move on with your life if your show was popular in the 90s it probably won't be popular again like the only reboots that I have liked were like Girl Meets World which was like one of my favorite shows on Disney Channel because I loved Boy Meets World and I I liked Queer Eye that was an amazing reboot and I know that they're trying to reboot Martin, which I think is a terrible idea, which we shouldn't do. It was great in the 90s. You should keep it the way it was. It's It was good enough, you know. But the thing about Roseanne being rebooted is that it brings it back as Roseanne being a Trump supporter. And it makes sense because they're a poor white family that... um. You know, it's basically just a poor white family that supports Trump. That's all it is. And the creator of the show, uh, Roseanne Barr, is a Trump supporter as well. She has said very racist things on Twitter. She also tweeted out, like, there was this conspiracy theory on online and she replied to it with, like, Nazi salute. And then ABC made her delete the tweet, but... You know, Twitter screenshotted it. It's currently on the timeline, just like surfing the timeline right now. And you know, if you go, if you look up anything that Rosanna Barr said, she is a Trump supporter. She is a bigot. She's a racist. And um, the show is basically like showing people who are like just Trump backers. It's, and I gotta say, it's kind of ridiculous how this show ABC picked up this show but um with this ABC ABC picked up the show while having how to get with murder while having scandal blackish fresh off the boat like you have all these amazing wonderful shows that are very progressive that are diverse that tackle great topics that are well written that are well viewed and then you're like oh what should we pick up next? How about a sitcom with Trump supporting poor white people? Like, that's not a good idea because what this does is that it shows... Ugh, I'm sorry. It's kind of just shows like... It shows Trump supporters in the public eye in a way. And it's uneasy for me because Roseanne, what I read from tweets, they start off the episode calling the Parkland kids crisis actors and saying other very problematic things that you would see on Twitter or you would hear people say on Fox News. And what this does, if it, it gives a face to Trump supporting family and like, it does have like that one person who's like not a Trump supporter and they have a black grandchild and they also have a grandchild who's struggling with their gender identity as a way to like make it not so bad as to make it seem like oh she hates trans people but she loves her child that's struggling with their gender identity like oh she thinks that she doesn't she doesn't think black lives matter but she's a black grandchild like it shows the very like 
it shows like how white people only care about um progressive topics when it affects someone they know you know like how the the character I say will probably care about trans people because her child is dealing with their gender identity she'll probably care about black lives matter because her child is black and then they'll bring up race and police and gun violence and all that stuff in an episode like that's probably how they're trying to do it like show best both sides try to like mend the divide and how they like advertised it was a American family that looks like ours but that American family does not look like mine that American family looks like the American family who stares at my family at Denny's when we get our food before them and then they look at us like we're dirty or the American family that looks at me crazy when I'm at Walmart like that's the American family that I see on that show and I get that like people are like Oh, but we need to listen to like Trump supporters. We need to have like discussions. Yeah, you need to have discussions, but you can't have discussions with people who think that kids who survived a freaking shooting in their school are crisis actors and that the shooting never happened, even though they lost their friends in the shooting. Okay, there's a difference between someone who thinks, hmm, I don't really agree with background checks and this and like people who are like, don't take away my guns, I need my assault rifles, I don't trust the government, fuck you black people and you immigrants because you're taking our jobs or you destroy our country and whites forever. There's a huge difference between the two people. There's one person you can have a discussion with and probably talk to and try to find some middle ground and then there are people who are so outright just like thinking that everyone is against them and that their whiteness is being challenged and you know everyone who isn't them is dangerous like there that's there's that group of people who should not be encouraged as you see because they're so quick to like go into their anger and go into like their insecurities and like what's wrong with their country and when they feel threatened and challenged they blame someone else and they throw their anger at someone else and they argue with someone else and then they feel better about themselves when they argue with someone who disagrees with them because they feel like they have the moral high ground when really you're just acting on anger you're acting on false uh, false facts you're acting on conspiracy theories that have no basis and you've put that in a show where millions of people are watching it and then people feel validated. They feel like what they think is right. They feel like what they think is true. They feel like, oh my gosh. I think that the Parkland kids are crisis actors too and their kids didn't actually die. They're not facing trauma at all. Fuck those Parkland kids. When you have that kind of like show that's open for like so many people to watch, it's bad. It's dangerous. It's not good it's not a good thing okay and also uh apparently trump was so quick to call up roseanne barr and congratulate her on her ratings and yet he did not call many other people he hasn't called like i don't know he didn't call the family of the soldier who was killed in niger he didn't call them he didn't call the families who were affected by the hurricane in texas he didn't call uh stephen clark's family he didn't call the parkland like there's oh my gosh this idiot has terrible priorities right now
I really don't know what else to say because this show oh my gosh I don't I don't know what else to say honestly about this I probably have more thoughts on it if I actually watched it but I'm not going to watch it so why don't you guys I'll leave some articles down in the description for you to read if you know if you're listening on SoundCloud or on CastBox or wherever um, I will have links where you can read about it and like there will be a review for you guys to like check out and see what you think if you wish and um, just one more quick story I have for you guys before I just um, go to uh, here's what I think I wanted to talk about something that happened last week which I should have talked about last week but I didn't I'm sorry I didn't um, it's something it's not new if you listen to like Pods of America they've been talking about it they, um, John Lovett talked about it on Love It and Leave It Love It or Leave It he talked about that um, but I want to talk about John Bolton now if you don't know who John Bolton is that's fine you may be thinking is that Troy Bolton's dad you know Troy Bolton from uh, High School Musical we're all in this together once we know that we are all our stars and we see that no it's not Troy Bolton's father I want to talk about John Bolton. Now, John Bolton is, um, I think he was like just picked up by Trump. Um, and he's a national security advisor. I believe that's his new job now. He is, uh, he doesn't have military or academic experience. And, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm I yawned he is a he's a guy who writes a lot of articles and like columns about things that make no sense all right it's just like it's it's out there you know it's just it's it's out there but um John Bolton has written op-eds on Iran and he says well he wrote that um I'm sorry I'm trying to read this this always happens I have an article in front of me and okay let me let me go to a different article because nothing is loading on my page it's getting annoying why is my computer like this alright so, I don't know what happened. Um, so, okay, I just looked at an article that was like literally three words long. Um, basically, I think that like John Bolton is like a war hungry kind of guy and he wants us to go to war with North Korea you know he's not the type of guy to just like wait he's like oh let's let's like get to it let's uh let's job let's hop right on it um he's okay John Bolton 
as the new National Security Advisor to replace General H.R. McMaster. He, um, let me see. Let me just read you some of this article because reading it in mumbling is too much for me. Um, in 2003, Bolton rode in the vanguard of the War Party, pushing to topple Saddam Hussein on the specious grounds that Iraq was pursuing nuclear chemical weapons in cahoots with Al-Qaeda. Unchastened by the Iraq debacle and the exposure of the bogus rationales of the war, and out of power, Bolton has sniped at Obama administration's at the Obama administration's Iran nuclear agreement and beat the drums the drums for war to denuclearize Russia. Oh, okay, I see. So John Bolton is basically the guy who's like, you know what we should do, Trump? We should just bomb North Korea and just go to war. And then the idiot in chief would be like, yes. You know why? Because he's an idiot and doesn't think things through. You know, the idiot in chief didn't like the Iran deal, which is basically like the Iran deal. If you don't know, it's like Iran is going to make nuclear weapons. They're going to stop making nuclear weapons and they're going to stop like, basically it's like, Iran's like, okay, we won't make any more nuclear weapons. And then... The UN was like, cool. And then like Europe was like, cool. And then America was like, cool. Because if Iran makes nuclear weapons, they may like bomb the Middle East. Other things may happen. Um, you know, very terrible things could happen if Iran was mo to move forward with their nuclear arms manufacturing. But you remember last year, the idiot in chief wanted to tear up the Iran deal and then push Congress to move forward with changing it, which would be bad because the Iran deal was created with the help of like the UN and like European countries and our allies because Iran building nuclear weapons would affect the world. So we all had to come together to come to an agreement. And the idiot chief wanted to wipe the Iran nuclear agreement with his ass and you know he's he didn't do that he didn't cut the deal um but also John Bolton is the kind of guy who doesn't want diplomatic resolutions and he wants to denuclearize North Korea which can't be done without just like going in and like okay give us your nuclear weapons come on Hand them over, give them, give them to us. Come on, Kim Jong Un, you know, you know, you're not supposed to those. Give it. That's it. Thank you, thank you. No, you say I'm sorry. Yes, great, awesome, cool. See you never. Bye bye. You know, it's not that easy to de denuclearize North Korea that way, and the Iran nuclear agreement was not easy as well. When the idiot in chief proposed that we rewrite it or cut it, that would have been a huge problem to like it would be a huge problem because then Iran was like okay so we can make nuclear weapons and then the UN would be like you can't he's like and then Iran would be like oh well America said we can so we're gonna make our weapons and the UN would be like no and they look at America like what are you doing you need to get your orange little baby in check because this is not what you agreed on and to cut the Iran deal would have been terrible awful bad idea 
But to have John Bolton as our national security advisor is awful. It is a bad, bad idea because he believes in symbolic strikes that are hoping to scare Kim Jong-un into surrounding his arsenal. And we know that Kim Jong-un has the nuclear power to bomb the, Ameri bomb the United States of America. So why would we anger him? What, 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 what sense does that make? It makes no sense at all. So uh, maybe John Bolton should shut up since he doesn't know how to be diplomatic. And that's what we need. We need diplomacy. And this been, look, we have spent decades trying to be diplomatic with North Korea. And a lot of things have not worked. But I'm telling you right now, a nuclear war strike is not the thing that we need. Okay? But hopefully, Bolton's hardline strategy on, you know, going to war with North Korea doesn't work out. Hopefully, they can make a deal. Hopefully, because, girl, I don't want a nuclear war to happen in my lifetime. I don't want this. No, this is not what I wanted. Please, don't do this. But, yeah, that's it for, like, here for it, not here for it, here for it. Uh, not here for John Bolton, because John Bolton is a terrible person who does not know what he is doing. Uh, not here for whoever bit Beyonce. Not here for R. Kelly. And not here for Roseanne either. So that's how I'm feeling this week. Um, thanks guys. And I will be back with... Here's what I think. Hello. That was the segment. Here for it, not here for it. Now for this segment of the podcast called Here's What I Think. Thank you so much for listening. Please enjoy. Hello, and here we go with Here's What I Think. Now, I have some heavy topics to talk about this week. It's uh, it's a lot, so uh, let's just like dive in. Let's just go for it. Let's just go feet first. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, I didn't mean to like act like I was about to body slam you. That was not my intention. But um, let's just talk about the March for Our Lives because everything I have to talk about today it just like ties in with it already. It just like goes in smooth and it goes in smooth. We just gonna flow. We just gonna flow through this and probably not take too much time. But knowing me. I'm going to take too much time because I'm writing right now. I'm rambling. Okay. So, the March for Our Lives. It was last Saturday and I was at work. I tweeted out that my heart is with everyone who is marching and, you know, supporting everyone. <sighs> supporting everyone who went and was, like, marching for our lives and to stop, you know, gun violence in the street. So, um... Yeah, it's, I think the March for Lights, I think the main one was in Washington, D.C., basically. And, you know, there were others of them throughout the country in support of everything that the Parkland kids are doing. And I gotta say, it's really awesome how 
these kids like came together and decided to like fight for um, safer streets, safer schools, and to fight against gun violence. It was an amazing, wonderful thing. I watched a lot of speeches online. I felt like crying. I was very inspired by these kids. Like these kids are doing great things. I am happy. My heart is like overwhelmed and like I am so proud of all of them. But basically there are a lot of kids who were um, standing up and just hoping for uh, better gun register, better gun laws, um, more background checks, uh, mental screenings, uh, things like that. I know that Yolanda Renee King who is the nine-year-old daughter of MLK and Coretta Scott King. She was there, she gave a speech, which was so sweet and so cute, which I think is really amazing and wonderful. And there are a lot of wonderful moments that happened um, during the march. One moment that was really great was Emma Gonzalez. Now, Emma Gonzalez is that bitch. I'm so proud of her, oh my gosh. I'm very sad that she lost her friends. You know, I'm very sad that her friends died um in the shooting but what's amazing about these kids is that you know they're on social media they know the issues they know what they're talking about they're very educated and they they know that what they're doing is important and they've done a great job to just advocate for gun control and just to like be there for people who are deprived of like speech and people who cannot speak for themselves and the amazing thing about Emma Gonzalez's speech was that she would she went on stage and she literally just like didn't speak for like six minutes you know and she said that that was the time it took for Nicholas Cruz to kill 17 of her schoolmates and hurt even more people so she listed them my name and um she just kind of stood there and it was oh my gosh it was a lot like i watched it and i had to stop because this poor little girl did not deserve i'm so sorry i'm just crying because it's so much but this girl like i'm literally 20 years old i'm like two years older than her she did not deserve to have her kid, her friends die in that way. And then there's Naomi Walder, this sweet young fifth grader from Virginia, and she let them walk out at her elementary school. And she said that she represents African American women who are victims of gun violence. young like she's literally 11 guys she's like this sweet young girl she's like representing her black women and how so many of their names aren't talked about in national television how they're not in like the public eye and how they're forgotten and this young girl she's on the stage oh my god like like that's a lot like there are literal babies who just want to be safe at school and people are not listening and these kids let a march around like the whole country like they shut down streets they 
like there was this group of kids who were marching for Stephen Clark and they shut down a highway in Sacramento in order to have their voices heard. There are police officers who killed Alton Sterling and they are not going to jail. Like they are not being charged. Stephen Clark was shot 20 times in his backyard for holding a cell phone. And the funeral is happening right now. Like Alton Sharpton is speaking at the funeral and you know, it's sad that this continues to happen every day. People are dying because of guns. And these kids are so smart because they have spoken up and they talk about how they know that they are from an affluent um, community and they know that they, because they are white, they are able to be in the public eye and they want to use their white privilege to help better the lives of people who live in the inner cities and who just live in like rich neighborhoods kind of like theirs and they want to be a voice for those kids and also fuck in like fuck Laura Ingram fuck that woman what kind of adult woman makes fun of a kid getting rejected from colleges like this kid already has to deal with PTSD like you do not understand these Parkland kids met up with veterans and then they realized that the same PTSD that these veterans went through is what the Parkland kids have like, they have the same symptoms, they feel the same way, they're experiencing the same things. These are kids who just want to go to college. Like, there are other kids in the country who are just trying to go to college, who try to get a job, who just want to get a car, who want to start their career. They don't know what to do with their lives. And these kids are leading a movement. They are leading protests. They had Ariana Grande on that stage. Like, do you know what kind of, like... You don't know, you don't understand, like, this is amazing, this is historic, this is a great thing these kids are doing, and they want to lead a wonderful revolution. Like, I am proud of these kids, I am proud of all of the kids, like, all these, like, there are these black, there's this one black girl who was at the march, and she, she was like, she was talking, and she spoke on how it was great how these Parkland students were able to like voice their like talk about like what's happening with them but also how the support that the Parkland students are getting needs to come to the black kids who have been fighting for gun violence as well and it has to go back to the black kids who want to be safe as well and the black kids who are being threatened by police violence every day in their own communities because police violence is gun violence and they deserve to be protected they deserve to be heard they deserve to be seen they just want to feel safe in their communities and then there's edna chavez who's a young girl she's 17 years old she's an activist from south los angeles and she went on stage to talk about how she lost her brother to gun violence and how she learned to duck bullets and she talked about how the trauma struck her and her family and it was a beautiful and moving speech and how everything these kids are doing is because they have to do these things and everything like these kids these black kids these latino kids they have been fighting for gun violence for a long time they have been screaming and they've been wanting to hurt for a long time and the parkland kids know this even though the parkland kids are on covers of magazines and they're being interviewed and they have these tv interviews they are well aware of the privilege that they have and they want to uplift everyone's voice and i think that's really great i think it's really amusing and i hope that there's justice for Stephen clark even though there wasn't any for alton sterling because it's not fair that alton sterling died 
and that he is not getting served justice and that <clears throat> the police officers who killed him are just getting away with it. It's depressing that this is happening. So, I really didn't want to like get extremely deep into the Parkland um, the March for Our Lives and Stephen Clark and Alton Sterling. I didn't I I didn't really want to get that deep into it because I feel like all of you probably like feel the same way I do and it's a lot like the death and the violence and the frustration and the heaviness we feel like when I heard about that story I was like oh my gosh please let no one put the video on my timeline please let nobody put that video on my timeline because I hate seeing those videos on my timeline it is like it's it's awful it's terrible it's not as it's terrible like there's seeing black black people being shot by police and seeing like them actually die on my timeline and then there are like black celebrities being turned white photos on my timeline like that's that's the kind of shit i don't want to see on my twitter timeline and i know this wasn't long and i know this wasn't like extremely exasperated but i know this was such a huge rant but i just wanted to tell you guys how i feel and um you know i started crying during this episode and i got very emotional because so much of this this is happening every day and it's like when does it stop when does it end where is our hope where is our future why can't it be fixed and you feel scared because there are people who are literally in the highest office who don't know what they're doing. Like, did you know that Caroline Sunshine, former Disney star, was added to the White House press staff? Yeah, that's right. If you ever watched Shake It Up and you saw that blonde girl who played um, Tinka, she is now working for the White House. Like... So much shit happens every day and you feel like it is a lie. You feel like this is a TV show. You feel like this isn't my life. This isn't happening for real. Like if I wrote this, as, if I if I was writing this in my journal every day and then 30 years from now someone found my journal and read it, they'd be like, this is bullshit. My grandma's crazy, my grandma's on drugs, my grandma's on crack because this shit would not have happened. Like it's literally happening every day and we don't know what to do. We don't know how to handle it, we don't know how to talk about it. It's insane and it's off the rails. Because it's every day. But I am honestly so proud of Emma and David and Cameron and uh, Naomi and Edna and all these kids who are just doing the best that they can. You know, I'm proud of them. They they truly deserve better. And... um guys that's it for this week i i just don't have anything else to say i said everything i could say i am constantly praying for these kids because they need prayer they deserve it they really do and i hope that the same vigor the same inspiration the same like support that these parkland kids got that other kids would get so, thank you.
next episode appears what I think. I know this episode was like a little more emotional than last week. A lot of things have been happening and I just want to thank you for listening so much. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I have been anticipating Cardi B's new album, which I am so excited for. I can't wait to listen to it. Uh, I have been watching this show called Everything Sucks. It is set in the 90s, I think. It's a really great show. It's super funny. It's about these kids and they're very awkward and they're starting high school and they're just trying to figure stuff out. And I'm only on like the third episode. It's really good. You should check it out. I also watched the new season of Santa Clarita Diet, which is an awesome show about this woman and she lives in the suburbs and she's a zombie. But it's super funny and cool how they try to like adapt to it and make it like their normal life. So please go watch that show. It's really awesome. They're both on Netflix. They're really great. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting me. If you'd like to be a great help to me, please become a patron on my Patreon page. And that's it, guys. Thank you so much. And stay blessed. And bye-bye.